0: Soul of the Parsha, with Rabbi Mir Menusi. This class is made possible by our kind supporters over at Patreon. Thank you and enjoy the class. Shalom everyone and welcome to the very last Soul of the Parsha class for this year, the Hebrew year of Tafshin Pei Aleph, 5781. This is the year that's ending, and we are tomorrow evening entering a new year, a new Hebrew year, a new Jewish year, the year Tavshin Pei Bet. And this class will be dedicated to the parsha of Nitzavim that we read yesterday on Shabbos. Um, but we're going to connect Nitzavim and Rosh Hashanah, the new year, also the day in which man was created. Because as as we know, the first day of the Jewish year, the Hebrew year, Is the day of the creation of man the creation of the world took place the very first day of creation was the 25th day of Elul according to our tradition and that makes the first day of Tishrei that Friday the Friday the sixth day of creation when man was created the second day of Rosh Hashanah would be the first Shabbat so we're going to, uh, as we, we dedicated this entire year to looking at the first segment of each parsha, so we're going to do the same today. We're going to look at the first segment of Nitzavim, and as I said, see how it connects with Rosh Hashanah. So the name of the parsha was Nitzavim, and the verse first was, went the following, "Atem You are all standing this day before the Lord your God the leaders of your tribes, your elders and your officers, every man of Israel. This is the very first verse. Rashi explains that this is the continuation of, of Moshe's speeches that uh, make up the book of Deuteronomy, the fifth book of the Torah. And this is taking place on the day, on the final day of his life. This is the final day of Moshe's life. He's gathering all the Jewish people and he says, you are all standing this day before the Lord your God. And then he, he, he points out to there being sort of classes within the Jewish people. He's first the leaders of your tribes and then your elders and then your officers and then every man of Israel. Then the following verses go into details within the Jewish people, but there's first we have this four level hierarchy. And the main image that we want to start out with is the image of standing because this is the name of the parasha and it's a vim, standing tall standing upright standing in a sort of straightforward way and and it reflects not only is every individual standing upright but the fact that moshe then goes over these classes of the leaders of the tribes and the elders and the officers and then everyone else also suggests a kind of more a broader hierarchy or a kind of it's like the Jewish people standing up with each level in its proper place. and Rashi goes into this. he says the he he mentioned the most important first and then went to the to the less important. So this is the topic we want to focus on today is this notion of a hierarchy, a hierarchy in terms of a group there being levels and a hierarchy within the individual because each one is standing upright nitzavim, which means that he himself becomes there's a kind of internal hierarchy of levels here within us this notion that we are um that we are standing upright and this is a a, a major aspect of human existence and jewish existence is reflected later a few verses later in the continuation of the parashah. When when Moshe is saying, not only with you am I making this covenant and this oath, but with those standing here with us today before the Lord, our God, and also with those who are not here with us this day. In Hebrew, it's very you can really hear the similarity, but also the difference. It says, Asher yeshno po imanu omed hayom, those who are with us here standing today, and veAsher einenu po imanu hayom, those who are not with us today. So when you see it's so similar. The difference is you, you can really make it out immediately. It's the word standing. Those who are with us today are standing. Those who are not with us today, they're no longer standing. They're they're lying. They're they're buried in the ground. And they're buried, of course, as every person is buried, horizontally. So there is something about this image of a person, a man, standing upright that is fundamental to this parsha and fundamental to being alive. Because again, the the, the second verse that we read. Uh, juxtaposes or or uh, compares the the living and the dead and the living are standing up, they're standing upright. So how does this connect to Rosh Hashanah and to the day of creation of the world? Uh, an important verse in the book of Ecclesiastes, Kohelet, says, et God has created man in an upright or straightforward or Upstanding manner, yeshal. Yeshal means like a straight line. God has created us as a straight line, but we are sometimes avoiding this or running away from this. But they are trying to bend this straightforward uh, arrow of existence, and the fact that they should be standing upright, they're trying to bend this and make all kinds of calculations and. All kinds of scheming and thinking and other ideas that pull us away or push us away from our natural state, which is the the state of being of standing upright. So this connects the the, the parsha, nitzavim, standing upright, and the creation of man. God created man in an upright way. This, of course, is something very simple, very fundamental in nature. Almost all animals, almost all living creatures, whether they're swimming or crawling or walking on four or flying, they're, on the whole, most of the time, in a horizontal state. And some of them are semi-upright. And and that's unusual, that's unique, and they really remind us of us. Why? Because we are the uh, epitome of the upright being. Again, there are some exceptions in nature, but on the whole, most living beings are horizontal in the way they, they, they move, in the way they rest, in the way that they are. And, and this makes us, this is what makes the human beings. Again, we were created on the first day of Tishrei, which is Rosh Hashanah. This is what Rosh Hashanah is all about. It's man's birthday. We were created in a state in which we're standing upright. And the idea is what happens when you, when you make this transition? from animals that were created in the on, on the on the fifth and the early part of the sixth day and then what, what what took place when man was born is we have this transition from uh in horizontal state to a, to a vertical state what is the meaning of this the meaning is ultimately that the levels of existence within us are now placed in a hierarchy and generally speaking we have three levels and this is something that was pointed out by the ancients, both within Judaism and outside of Judaism, that on the whole, we are made up of three basic levels, that being the intellectual level, the emotional level, and the behavioral level, and they correspond to the head and the torso and the waist, broadly speaking. And they're also, they correspond, again, it's, it's all symbolic organs. It's the, the brain, the moach, and then the heart, the live and then the liver, kaved, liver here standing or symbolizing the entire area of the waist. So really, moch lev, kaved, the brain, the heart, and the liver, they really correspond to the intellectual level, the emotive or emotional level, and to the more instinctive, uh, uh, survival-based, we can say, uh, behavioral level, level that's based on, on on needs and desires and instincts. And for almost all living creatures, the fact that they are horizontal means that those three levels are on, on the, are on the same level they're not levels they're three aspects but they're on the very same level and indeed the emotional uh capacity and the intellectual capacity of animals is far less uh developed as it is in in the human creature so well we can definitely in more advanced creatures we can uh, identify an emotional you know inner sphere and as they as they become more advanced like uh, chimpanzees and some other animals you can see some intelligence there also but for us it our it, the our capacity for Im- feeling and and being empathetic and displaying emotions and even more being a cognitive conscious communicative animal far exceeds any other animal and this is is symbolized or is made manifest also by the fact that we are standing upright, that it's not on one level. The level of the waste, of the appetites, of being hungry and be having desires, is the lowest level. And then the emotional level is above that. And then the intellectual level is further above that. And, and we can say that also mankind has added to this by putting on clothes which have symbolic meanings, and they usually symbolize something that's greater than the individual that has to do with levels of meaning and levels of of spiritual uh, cognition that we are capable of. and And it mostly it, it it's you can see it more than in just clothes. You can see it in the fact that almost all cultures definitely are religious cultures, traditional cultures, any cultures with any kind of affinity. To something that's beyond just the physical world would also have some kind of hat. And the hat adds maybe like a fourth level, something that's above just standing upright. The fact that we're standing upright is demonstrated by the fact that we strive to stand even further upright, to to make ourselves higher than the way we are. And we do this by putting on some sort of head covering or hat. Every position of power throughout the world had a certain something resembling a crown. So a king obviously has a crown, and a minister for some religion, anyone who has an official purpose, an official idea. And up until the 50s, every person who uh, had some basic sense of self-respect or dignity would wear a top hat, both women and men. And and this is, uh, of course, this goes together very much with the idea that on the day that we were created as this upright being, We are coronating the king. right? This is the purpose of Rosh Hashanah, the first day of the year in the Jewish calendar. The purpose of everything that Rosh Hashanah is all about is Hamlachat Hashem, coronating, crowning the king, God, making him our own king. So this reflects in the fact that we are able to put a crown on top of our own heads. This could be a symbol of uh, human pride. Or human arrogance, but it could also be something that points out to us having uh, an additional level to our own being that's not something that's just physical. And we want to make it manifest, the fact that we have something like a soul root, or something above our heads, or something that gives us spiritual blessing from above us. So this is the essence of hierarchy. Today, in today's world, in today's culture, hierarchy is very much opposed there is something very fundamental about modernity and modern culture secular culture that is trying very much very very hard to fight the concept of a hierarchy and politically of course this goes along with the idea of uh rebelling against monarchies and the idea of a class society having something like uh you know nobility all this is very much shunned and the the of course the most important event is the the french revolution french revolution it was the the people rebelling against the monarchy and the class system and trying to create a republic, a democratic republic, which is all about equality. So that's on the political level, but it's also on a cultural and a psychological level. On the cultural level, everything that has to do with modern art is about shaking up the ladder of so-called high art and low art. Even the fact that I just had to say so-called is a product of modern thinking, which says, Who says that what was considered high art is really high art? Maybe it's low art, and maybe something very low and simple could be high art. The most famous example is the French artist uh, Marcel Duchamp putting a urinal in a museum early in the 20th century and making an artistic statement with this urinal. And the statement was, let's rethink, radically rethink, Everything that has to do with high art versus low art, I can take the lowest thing in existence, which is a urinal, which is the the waste of our body goes into that, so it's even lower than our waste in, in a way. It's what contains our waste. It's the vessel for our waste, and I'm going to put it in what is considered a place of high art in a museum, and later on it was reflected with the idea of pop art and almost every uh, uh, branch of art. In the 20th century with some exceptions was about shaking up or rethinking the concept of a hierarchy and taking pop art was taking comic book pictures and putting them uh, on big free with big frames in a, in a big museum and in poetry it could be someone instead of writing high poetry using slang language or using even uh, a language that's grammatically wrong as people speak in the street and turning that into poetry and and so this, so it's political and it's it's cultural. And it's also psychological. Psychological means the the uh, flattening of the hierarchy, and the psychological level is saying something like um, there is no advantage. There is no intrinsic advantage to the uh, to to my intellectual level, to my capacity for learning and speaking and talking and and uh, expressing complex ideas and abstracting ideas and so on. There's no radical difference between that and doing something that's totally intuitive and emotional and just improvising something or speaking directly from my heart and also just plain
1: uh,
0: gut feelings. Um, The idea that we would say that one level is higher than the other level is considered sort of anathema to the modernist, he would say who says who says so and i'm, I'm i want to uh, i want to question this all hierarchies uh, by saying that um, by saying that it's it's all equal and whatever you is authentic for you whatever is part of you becomes your authentic expression and just express yourself whatever it is you can express yourself and then for example we would take let's talk about let's three genres or three types of music that are obviously very clearly extremely different from one another. And not only that, but they very clearly come from different levels within us. And, but the fact is that the, the modernist would say that postmodernist, even more so, you know, postmodernism isn't really something that's different from modernism. It's, it's someone once said that postmodernism is really most modernism. It's just an extreme expression of modernism itself, which is uh, rebelling against all systems of meaning they are traditional. So the modernists or post or most modernists would say that for example, you take classical music. classical music is very intellectual. It's very complex. It has you know sometimes mathematical structures within it and 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 it it takes a long time to study and to compose. And great classical you know composers put in a lot of intellectual effort into into writing what they did. So that on you take that on the one hand, and then you take let's say jazz music, and jazz music is something that's very, very intuitive, improvised, and you just go with the flow of your intuitions from one moment to the other. You don't you don't plan or compose. And then going even uh, to another level would be uh, something like a music that's only based on rhythm and not melody. With the most extreme case being something like techno music or trance music and in you know, um, uh, dancing clubs, that is all about rhythms. It's just one rhythm after the other in interplaying with one another. And now these three types of music, there are many more of course, but these three uh, symbolic types, they clearly come from the three levels that we mentioned before, with classical music coming from, from the, more, more from the intellect or the head. And then jazz music is more expressive of the heart and then techno music, which is really just a new incarnation of the most primitive, you know, drum beating, which is all about the most, uh, simple societies are all about dancing in circles around, you know, the, the fire. And it's just, it's just rhythm. And, and techno is just an electronic drum. That's what it is. It's an electronic drum for people who want to uh, go back to that level of in the evolution of civilization, the level of just dancing, um, around. Around the, the campfire, even the, the, the name trance music is about entering a trance, meaning that you don't want to think and you don't want to feel. You just want to have those, uh, guttural, you know, uh, gut feelings that, that are just rhythmic in nature. So again, those three types of music come from the three levels. Classical music is more intellectual and jazz music is more emotional and techno or trance music is more from the level of the, the, the gut or the liver or the waist. And yet, uh, it would, it would, uh, it would be difficult to find someone who would outright say that one type of music is more, is higher or more advanced than another type of music, because then you risk saying, you risk being, you know, judgmental and saying that maybe one culture is superior to another culture. And that is the, this is the biggest trauma of modern man or postmodern man is that they don't want To be colonial or arrogant or to have, it's all multicultural. You have to be one above the other. But the thing is, it's not just cultural, it's psychological too. Because once we say it's all equal, then we treat our own levels as equal. And really what we're doing is we're going against the fundamental aspects of our creation, which is God has created man standing upright with the head above the heart and the heart above the liver. And those three levels as a hierarchy by saying, by equalizing everything, by flattening everything, then, you know, it's like, you know, flatline is when you die. And flatlining everything is going back to nature, going back to, in, in, like animals, that for the, the animals, it's on the same level. And this is hard to hear, but this, this is, you know, we have to acknowledge this. I remember as a teenager, you know, growing up in a very secular society. And I had this conversation with someone who I very much appreciated. He wasn't he was a, an adult man, a friend of my parents, but always very always spoke to me as an adult, which is something I really appreciated. There were you, it's hard to find sometimes people that would treat you as an adult, even though you're like 13 or 14, I was at the time. And he he we had a lot of interesting conversations. And then one time I remember he we spoke about. You know, disco music or music that you have in 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 dance clubs, and and then he said something that astonished me in in it in the courage that he had to say something that goes against the grain of modern thinking so much, and completely unpolitically correct. And and it was it was precious. It annoyed me at first, but then I had I really had to think about it later on. He said this kind of music is the epitome of decadence. It says all human civilization has strived for millennia to rise above the uh, simple tribal drums that are just rhythmic in nature and to create gradually a melodious music, a music that's about melody, that's sophisticated, that takes you from one place and leads you to another place. Civilization is all about evolving from those drums to a civilization of of listening to melody. And that melody is something sophisticated, something high that creates, generates meaning or taps into meaning and leads you from one place to another place, a higher place. And it shocked me, but it made an incredible influence on me because I then realized it's possible to look at culture, not just as saying, well, this is interesting, this is interesting in another way. And it's all... Interesting and different, and it's all equal. It's not necessarily equal. There are things that emerge and evoke a higher level within us, and there are things that emerge from and evoke a lower level within us. And this is is, could be sound, you know, very, very simple. But for me, someone growing up in this culture was an immense, you know, chidush, it was something new to hear. And So the fact is that today's culture is sort of leading us, pushing us to go against our nature as upright creatures and sort of lie down, just lie down, rest and regard everything as equal on the same level. And it it reflects psychologically within us that we sometimes find it hard to point out that there are levels within us and that some are higher than the others. I should add to this several things now. So in case you didn't uh, guess by now, or you don't know this, uh, the three organs that I mentioned, right? Moach, Lev, Kaved, brain, heart, liver. It's not just those names. These are the traditional names, not just in Judaism. But in Hebrew, when you write it down, Moach, Lev, Kaved, and you look at the acronym, the acronym is Melech. Melech is king. It's also the root of the verb to rule. To, re- to re- reside over something. So we are kingly by virtue of putting our head first and then our heart and then our livers, muchliv Kavid, with the the head governing, ruling over the heart, and the heart ruling over the liver. And this makes us stand upright. And then we, as I said before, we go beyond it and we add a crown to our to our heads, a head covering, in order to. Uh display or illustrate the fact that we are able to grasp something that's above us also. And so this is the deep connection between the day of the creation of man and the day of the coronation of God. We coronate the king, that is, we accept him as our king, we accept God as our king, on the first day of the year, in Rosh Hashanah, by standing upright and reminding ourselves that we have these levels. Now, we should add a caveat. The caveat is that in Hasidut, the upper two levels, the head and the heart, there's an, a little interplay there. Because in Hasidut, a fourth level, which really goes along with the image of the crown, is added. And that is called plimiutalev, the inner dimension of the heart, or the inner essence of the heart. is higher than the intellect. And the, so the, basically the idea is that the liver or the waist or the behavioral level is always the lowest. But then you have the emotional level and the intellectual level, and the intellectual level should be above the emotional, right? The emotions are nearsighted and, and, and you know, very heated, and they don't necessarily have good foresight or good planning and and not necessarily work in our own favor, and we should have the intellect be above the emotions. But there is a fourth level, which is called the inner essence of the heart, where it all flips the inner level of the heart is above the intellect, it's above the head, and that sees even further than what the intellect sees. The brain, the head, the, the, the intellect is able to see only so far. But if you're able to differentiate between the external aspect of your emotions and the internal aspect of your emotions, the internal aspect of your emotions is higher than the intellect. And these are the, this is the place of, of spiritual intuitions and and of also being, uh, you know, a super rational faith in God has to do with the inner essence of the heart. So the fact we have this interplay is reflected in the fact that in the beginning of in the first generations of mankind in the Torah, we had two people who were called Lemech. Lemech is the same letter as Melech, but this time the heart comes before the head. Lemech, Lamed Mem Chaf. So it's the heart first, and then the head, and then the waist. So now, interestingly, those two Lemechs, one of them was wicked, and one of them was righteous. One of them was wicked. He was, he was one who had two wives, and one that he, he would have, you know, not give birth, and she remained beautiful, and the other one he would have, you know, bear all the babies. And um, and he was also, he, he, he killed Cain, he was the murderer. Not the first one, Cain was the first one, He he murdered him. And he was a wicked man. But the other Lemech was a very righteous man. He gave birth to Noah. He was the father of Noah. So he had such a righteous son. He must have been righteous himself. And the idea is that the two Lemechs correspond the two ways in which the heart can rule over the head. The wicked Lemech, it was the actual heart ruling over the head. That's very negative. That flips the, the, um, the hierarchy upside down. By the way, his daughter of the wicked Lemech, his daughter was Naama, Naamah ended up doing tshuva and marrying Noach. The two Lemech's children married each other. But before she did tshuva, before she she turned to the to the light side, to the good side, uh, she was a drummer for rituals of idolatry, which tells us that if the heart is above the head, ultimately the liver would be above above all of them as well. And she was a drummer. We talked, we spoke about the drums and the techno, the electronic drums, the drums, uh, for the, for the rites of idolatry. She, that's what she did. She ended up again turning to the, to the, to the good side and marrying Noach. But Noach was the son of the good Lemech. And the good Lemech means that for him, the same acronym, same letters, Lamed Memchaf, it was the higher inner essence of the heart ruling over the head. He didn't, have a wicked son that had to turn good. He had a good son, a righteous son, to begin with, Noach. Okay, so that was just a side note. But the, the main point of this class is that, uh, is that we have this, we have all these levels. Now the thing is, everything in the world has a positive source. There is also a positive holy source for the idea that all the levels are equal. Although I just said that equalizing the levels is like is like. To returning to our animal state, returning to nature in a very negative way of saying it's all equal, right? Nature, is, is it's like circular. There's no high or low. It's all equal. And although, despite all of this, um, there is something about the idea of trying to find good, a good quality, a good property in everything in the world. Whether it's classical music. By the way, with the levels of music, instead of we talk about techno and then jazz and then classical music, what would be the fourth level that corresponds to the inner dimension of the heart? That would be something like Hasidic soul music, a Hasidic nigun, a spiritual nigun is not intellectual. It's not as sophisticated as, you know, let's say Bach, but it's, it's far more simple. It's more emotional, but it's not like jazz. It comes from the inner essence of the heart. It's something far deeper. It's all about longing and remembering God. So anyway, the idea that it's all equal has something to it. It's not all hierarchies. What does it have to it? There is an aspect of godliness that's called the light that surrounds all the world. The surrounding light means it's um, equally, not just omnipresent, it's equally present in everything. It's present in the highest and the lowest aspects of creation equally. Everything is divine. He created everything. He wanted to create everything. Everything serves some divine purpose and therefore it's all equally divine. This is the true root of modernity and post-modernity is that they're trying to tap into the surrounding lights of God. They they don't know this, they don't acknowledge this. It's subconscious or superconscious for them, but that is truly what's happening. They're rebelling against, when, when the modernity, secularism, rebelled against the hierarchy of religion and tradition, really, on the deepest level, what they rejected was the idea that God is only found, can only be experienced via hierarchies. By saying he's in the higher, loftier, more spiritual places, he's not in the lower, more mundane places. And the truth is that they're right. God is truly everywhere, equally everywhere, in terms of his surrounding light. So the deep, deep motivation of modernity and secularism is trying to reveal and and experience God's surrounding light as it permeates all of existence equally. But here is the rub. Here is the catch. There is, There are two ways of equalizing everything. We can equalize everything in a way that goes downwards and we can equalize everything in a way that goes upwards. It's like looming for the lowest common denominator versus looming for the highest common denominator. There's something about modernity by saying that a urinal is a is is, is is as 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 a high an, an art form as a painting by van gogh or rembrandt and by saying that s- simple slang words are as lofty as the highest you know language of poetry and by saying the techno music is just as valid a form of artistic expression as classical music really what what it ends up being is that it all goes down to the level of the urinal and the tribal drum it all goes downwards. It's really saying we're all equal because we're all living and breathing and 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 eating and excreting. And and this is equalizing everything in a way that doesn't elevate us, it pulls us down. And and this is negative equality. This is not connecting to God's surrounding light. God's surrounding light is like a circle that surrounds the universe. And and it's different, it's higher, it's bigger than the circle of nature and uh, living in a physical world. It's like two circles, one within the other. And if we want to truly experience God's surrounding light, we first need to connect to God's... Uh, this is another call, kind of light. It's called the I mean, the light that fills all the worlds. And this is the vertical line light. This is a light that has to do with, with the hierarchy Now we can't experience it so much here. But if we, if we strive higher and we, we rebel against our own lowly nature and we're trying to constantly strive to climb higher and work up higher, up the ladder of being, the chain of being. And as we rise up, we're able to appreciate subtler and finer and higher, more divine Lights and levels of meaning and levels of of uh of, of devotion to God. And so as we go up, we are we need this type of linear hierarchical structure of experiencing the world in order to uh connect to the higher surrounding lights of God. So going back to the creation of man and the creation of the world and Rosh Hashanah, and coronating God. The world today is trying to lure us all into a state of a flatland, a flat line, a state of saying everything is equal, which is really like saying everything is dead. Because if the heart and the head and the liver it's all on the same level, then we are no better than animals, we are no better than the lowest of, of, of people and and we and everything disintegrates in in a way the most complex and highest and most spiritual work of art or or a verse in the torah anything that's high is equated with the lowest of of of, of things in the world so this is what the world is luring us into and in a way this is not just the world it's life itself there's something about life that wears us down Life tries to slowly kill us. That's what life is all about. It's slowly killing us. It's killing us softly. And come Rosh Hashanah, come the first day of the year, we need to stand upright, and we need to re- renew and reinvigorate this desire within us not to succumb to this kind of, you know, lulling temptation of equalizing everything. We want to stand upright place our head over our hearts and our hearts over our waists and the inner dimension of our heart, our, our spiritual intuitions, our, our faithfulness to God above everything else, and we want to stand upright and say we are not succumbing to this, we are coronating by by having this inner coronation of moach lev kaved, ekroni melech. It all points... To the most transcendent of being, the king of all kings. And we're saying we want you to be our king and we want to be resolute in this decision. This is another verse in the, in the parasha of Nitzavim is Uvachat Choose life. You can choose both, both life and death, both blessing and curses, both goodness and good and evil. And it's all equally present for you as options. But I urge you to choose life and choose goodness and choose blessings, and and the word choose, the word to choose in Hebrew If you change the letters, it you have the word which is called bariach. Bariach is like an axis. This is the vertical axis, which is the axis of displaying our our capability of choosing the higher over the lower. You know over you know literally over the the lower standing upright and not succumbing to this and saying yes you can equalize everything you know world oh world and you can try via entropy and via cultural entropy or cultural decadence you can try and pull me down and push me down but i will not uh succumb to this i will not um surrender to this i am going to stand upright and place my head over my heart, and my heart over my liver, and my soul over everything else. And this is how I coronate myself, and how I coronate the king. And we should constantly be making this resolution to strive to lead a meaningful, high, lofty, spiritual life. And by virtue of that, we can then go on to see that God is truly present in all of our levels. We're not putting down any level. By, by putting it, Lower on a hierarchy does not mean putting it down. It means putting it in its proper, good place, the place where it should be. And once we tap into the higher surrounding light, we can truly see it as omnipresent, equally omnipresent, and experience how every aspect of our being, every level of the hierarchy of our being, is it, it receives its place as serving God, uh, experiencing God, and displaying God, godliness to the entire world so i wish you all a very very happy and sweet new year a year of new resolutions and new decisions and a year of fighting against gravity and standing upright and striving for higher and 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 better purposes and trying to be the best person you can possibly be and and not accepting any kind of uh, you know, temptation to be tired and sleep and, and let go and give up on, on your destiny and on your calling. And this is truly coronating your own soul and coronating God. Shana mituka. Hi, if you enjoyed this class please click the like button and subscribe to the channel on youtube also make sure to click the bell icon to keep the classes flowing and free of charge please consider supporting us on patreon an amazing platform for supporting independent creators you're also welcome to join our weekly live zoom class thank you very much keep healthy and see you soon